Women Make Waves is an NC Fit podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the very first episode of the Women Make Waves podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay, and along with my co-host, Ariel and Laura, we are sitting down with the beautiful, wonderful, magical Annie Thor's daughter today. Most of you know her as the fittest woman on earth, a CrossFit Games champion, and anything in between. We sat down to talk to her about motherhood and about vulnerability and about the strength that comes in sharing your story. Without getting too far into it or giving too much away, Annie shares publicly some of the first things she's ever shared about motherhood on today's show. So whether you are a female athlete, you coach female athletes, or are just a CrossFit functional fitness enthusiast and anything in between, you will love today's episode. You get to know Annie a little bit more. You get to laugh with us. You even get to cry with us. And if you're anything like me, you will have chills the entire time. Enjoy the show. Annie, thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, Before we get into our episode, I just want to say that sitting down and having the opportunity to talk with someone who has come up in a sport that does empower female, the female energy a little bit more than maybe most other sports does do I should say like that is just such a cool thing that we get to do so I want to just like acknowledge you for that and thank you for being here um, as a competitor as an athlete but also as a woman in a space that is made up of a lot of men so thank you for being here and um, we love to kick off our episodes asking how our guests are making waves so I want to give that space to you now and ask, how are you making waves? (laughs) Well, first off, thank you for having me, you guys. I think it's pretty cool to be on this. And yeah, I'm quite proud to be in a sport where women are equal, uh, at least equal, if not even more dominant than men. (laughs) Um, I think it's a really difficult question how I'm making waves, but I would like to believe in different periods of your life, you make different waves. And in the beginning, I would say the biggest wave I made was to be a woman from Iceland, getting the title fittest woman on earth, the first one here, and kind of bringing CrossFit or this sport to Iceland in a way. Um, That's probably my biggest one yet. Uh, right now, I would like to believe that I'm making a wave when it comes to coming back from giving birth to my baby girl and getting back to being a competitive athlete. Um, that's, it's really, really hard. <laughs> and that's where I am at right now. What I'm working towards right now uh, is that. And then trying to be as good a role model to my daughter as I possibly can. I love that so much. It can be so daunting to think about um, like how you're actually making waves and the fact that you're just acknowledging, you know, like I brought a human into this world and now I am paving the path for this human to turn into a strong 
independent woman that you've turned into. And that can be such yeah. a cool place to even start to think. And it's terrifying as somebody who is just recently married. And like, I'm starting to think about how I'm going to build a family and like, how am I going to raise children? Because I can barely like make sure my dog is trained to do things. Yeah. It's crazy. You take like a seminar to raise your dog. And then I felt like I was stealing someone when we left the hospital <laughs> with my daughter. We were there for like two days afterwards uh, while I was just like recovering a little. And then we put her in the car seat and we're like, okay, we're supposed to leave. And then we walk out the door and I'm like, should we like run to the car or something? <laughs> Is it safe to walk with us? Leaving with her? <laughs> it's really weird. And it was like, okay, we're just responsible for this human being. And we have no idea what to do. And yet I'm 30 years old and I can't imagine someone that's like, I don't know, 15 or 20 having a, having a baby. Like that was, I, I gotta admit, it was really hard for me to sleep the first days. <laughs> yeah. You feel so much responsibility, right? Yeah. Um, have you been, um, I don't know if this is something that you've maybe thought about, but have you and your husband, have you thought about like, what your values are, the things that you want to instill in her? Or is this something that you guys are kind of just like figuring out as you go? Because that could be a kind of a weird conversation, you know, it's like, okay, now we have this, this being that we have to bring up in the world and like pave this path. And like, what happens as you just like, figure it out, you know? We're like a little bit going with it. But I'm a person that likes to think ahead. Uh, Frederick is a little bit the opposite. He's like, oh, we'll see, everything's gonna work out. And it's kind of good because I tend to over overthink things. Uh, but yet we've definitely had some of those conversations. Like, what what is it that we want for her? And I actually had like a breakdown at one point when we were watching, I was like, it came on the news. I actually couldn't continue watching it. But it was about this like social media and pedophiles and stuff and I'm like oh my god I can't watch this it was like probably a month and a half after I had given birth to Freya and we just like turned it off and I just started crying hysterically I'm like how this is such a dangerous world and I I cannot let anything happen to this girl <laughs> like I love her so much I'm like I don't want to be one of those crazy ass moms but she's never leaving me like she is gonna be with me always <laughs> and like we need to figure something out because she's not even going to kindergarten like I don't know who I can trust <laughs> and we actually had to have this like sit down conversation at that point like what what is it that we can do to make sure that she's going to be as successful and have as good of a life as possible and like we can't I can't control her forever and she needs to be able to make her decisions, but all we can do is try to guide her as much as possible, make sure that she can always come to us when she has questions, that it's safe and we can talk about everything, and then try to raise an independent woman. Like, I think that's the most important thing, is building up the self-confidence, the self-belief, the strength, that she is capable of saying no. She's capable of making her own decisions and believe in her, in her own self. 
and stand up for yourself. And that actually like having that conversation calmed me down so much because I'm like, we need to figure something out. I, I still don't know exactly how I'm going to raise her to be like that, but I still have a plan. Like I, that's, you can do this if you do it the right way. And obviously we're going to have to figure it out. And like, she's just seven months old and we're still like figuring things out as it goes, but she's definitely going to become a big character. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was a really calming conversation. Like we need to have some sort of a game plan here. Yeah. I think that it is, it's such a cool juxtaposition to see like the, the fittest woman on earth have this, little be like precious being come into the world and all of a sudden it just like creates this softness that is like yes I am this strong courageous woman and like I would do anything for this little like (laughs) ray of light um how did you how did you kind of come into that confidence and that saying no and finding your voice I've actually I think I'm really, I don't want to use the word lucky, but I'm really grateful that I've, the way I've been raised and the way things are in Iceland, I, maybe it was naive, but I didn't even realize so many of these issues until I started traveling. And some of the biggest questions I got when I was competing at the games, also for media there was like, what do boys think about you having so much muscle and that stuff? And I'm like, wow, no one at home has ever asked me that question. It's never been an issue. I have two older brothers and I'm extremely competitive and it was never like an excuse. Oh, they're boys. That's why they're faster than me. That's why they're stronger than me. Like we competed at an even playing field. Like we, my parents raised me to believe that I could do anything. Shit was going to get tough and I was scared of stuff and I was challenged. And my dad challenged me in some really odd ways by, yeah, I don't know. There, there were some fun ways that he challenged me, like told me if I would hurt myself, then I would get like a box of candy or something just to get me to try to do things that I was afraid of doing when he knew I wouldn't hurt myself. And that would like push me to do it. And then I was like, it was fine. So he never had to give me anything, but it was like, it got me to actually do a lot of different things. And my grandpa, he had this competition at like in the hanger, like where you hang your clothes. Um, if, if you did a pull up, you got hundred crowner Icelandic. And then if you did two, you got 200, three, you got 300. So we kept on doing like strict pull-ups there. And I was competing against the boys and I, like at the age eight, I had like 28 strict pull-ups. So it's like, it was, it got super competitive in my family, but in such a good, encouraging way. And it was always that it was never like, oh, you're a girl. That's why you can't do it. So I think I'm really, really grateful when it comes to that, that I never even realized this was an issue. And it's become one of the things that I'm really passionate about is trying to make it so that it's not an issue anywhere. Like it's good for everyone if we are strong and independent and take care take care of ourselves. We feel good in our own skin, no matter 
what we look like. It's it's about how we feel. And then everyone around us are also going to feel better and be happier and be proud. Like when we are proud of ourselves, then it shows. And I think, I think that's super important. So yeah, that's sorry, like a long answer to that question and in a circle. But like I said, I think I'm, I'm really grateful for having been here and we are very far ahead when it comes to equality like gender equality we had the first female president and prime minister like but there's a lot of first when it comes to women and icelandic women are really they don't let anyone say no tell them no and that's how it should be it's so incredible to hear you say that and and two quick things number one i'm not a mom so i can only speak as a as a daughter but um i you just modeling for your daughter those traits that were modeled for you is almost a guarantee that she's going to grow up to be an independent strong incredible woman herself so that's number one thank you. And then, that makes me feel super good thank you yeah. <laughs> like there's no doubt um and number two i wanted to kind of bring back to what you said about being comfortable in your body, no matter what it looks like, right? Having, having strength and being proud of muscles and those types of things. And I'm really curious, like, um, like in your culture, how, how that is. And if you've ever struggled with that when you're traveling or in your own skin, um, just really curious to hear your thoughts on that. Um, I think actually it's kind of crazy, but I think we as women and girls, also probably a lot of men, we're always going to have something that we're not happy with. Like we're always going to have something that we would like to change or like to be better, which is crazy to me. Uh, but of course I'm the same. There's obviously some issues at some point that you've had. Um, thankfully it was not for a long time. It was mostly just when I stopped gymnastics and I started high school and I was like, okay, I'm not competing anymore. Uh, so now I would like to get rid of the six pack and you could like see my six pack through dresses and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's not what I want. But it was only for like a very short period of time. And then I guess I got to terms with this is my body and I've actually worked really hard for this. Like this just shows that I've worked really hard and this is my genetics and it's not something honestly, like I think my six pack is a lot genetics as well. And it's not something that I can just change. Like I've, I've had it since I was seven years old. So it's, it's a part of me and for me to be happy, I need to be also happy with that. So even though I guess, well, there's probably a lot of women that don't think it's beautiful, all the muscle that I have. And like everyone are allowed their own opinions when it comes to that. And I'm not saying that everyone should look like that. But I think it's important that we feel good with the way that we look. And once again, like I think I've been quite happy in my own skin and I've tried to resemble that and live by what I say to feel okay with also the faults that you see in yourself 
just be proud. I've started just be, being proud of every single scar that I have. Like I got scars from box jumps and bars and rope climbs where I've gotten really bad burns. And like, yeah, you can see some of those things when I wear a bikini, but this is also me. It shows what I've done. So I want to be just proud of these scars. And I've heard a lot of women say after they give birth to a child, like it's hard for them to put on a bikini again and go to the swimming pool or go to the beach and be proud of their bodies again. And I've always like, that's so silly because what you've done is incredible. Like you just brought a human being into this life. It's crazy that we do that. It's absolutely insane. I feel and you should be proud of that. And no one is going to judge you for it. We're always thinking this. someone is going to be looking at us, judging us. We're all way too busy thinking about ourselves. We don't have time to judge other people. And if someone judges you, like, who cares? That's not someone that you want in your life anyways. But it's been really difficult to live by it myself. And I'm also going to be honest about that. Like, it was really difficult for me. It was easy for me to be pregnant. I had an incredible pregnancy and I thought it was going to be a lot harder for me. I got a really big belly when I was pregnant and a lot of people asked me if I had twins in there, but it was just that one kid. <laughs> she was just really big. <laughs> no, but like that was somehow easy because you were growing life. There was someone in there, but after giving birth, it's very different for different people. Some people just their stomach goes straight away in. For others, it takes a lot longer. And I got a really big app separation and it, it's taking me a really long time to get my core uh, ready and get the, if the abdominals don't go together and you have the coning, then you have a belly for longer. And it was very hard for me because now this was just empty. I, there was nothing in there anymore. Now I just had this empty belly and I didn't feel like it was a part of me. I didn't feel like it was my body and it was there for no reason anymore. And I, I felt uncomfortable. I had to do a photo shoot with Katrin like two or three months after giving birth. And it was really hard for me to, we went to the swimming pool and I had to put on a, a swimming suit and I caught myself thinking, I am, a, I'm embarrassed about the way that I look. And then I thought about what I would tell other people and I decided it was so wrong of me to talk and think about myself that way because this is who I am. These are my genetics and it's taking me longer, but it also means that it's taking other women. There's some other women that have struggled and dealt with the same and I wouldn't want them to have to hide. So I am not going to hide. So I've been trying to share on social media, even the things that I think are really difficult, the pictures of me that I am not proud of, that I feel are uncomfortable because it is my body and I want to try to live by what I'm trying to preach. But I'm also going to be honest that it's hard and it's still not perfect, but it is my body and I am going to be proud of it because I am so grateful for everything my body has done for me so far. Wow, I just went on like a super rant and I don't even remember the question you asked me, but I just like pfft. No, thank you so so much for saying that. So much of that that touched me as I know it'll touch everybody listening. And I also want to just thank you for being so open and vulnerable about that and and using your platform. I think 
as women, especially, we all have such an opportunity at the moment to break those barriers and, and teach girls and, and younger women growing up that it's okay if you have a six pack, it's okay if you have a belly, it's okay if you have a scar, like you are beautiful for what you can do and who you are and you're more than the shell that you live in, you know, so, so yes. thank you. I think a really big theme out of a lot of a, a lot of the conversations that we've been having is this idea that you don't always need to love the skin you're in and you do need to accept it and build a relationship with it because that is like you said like this is your body this is my body like i'm not getting another one so i have to coexist with this uh i forget what laura called it um, but I call it a skin bag. Like it's literally just like your organ bag that you walk yeah, around. I like with. to call it an earth suit. <laughs> earth suit. Yeah. So nice. it's, yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where like, yes. Okay. Like maybe you don't have to love your body. Maybe it's going to be really hard to do that. And like Laura said, like you have all of these amazing attributes. You have all these like things that you can do, all these skills you've built, um, all of the strength that you've built because of the earth suit that you have. And I think that just having that conversation with you as well, because it's not just one person, right? Like this is, everybody goes through the same kinds of feelings. And I think that is what makes the conversation so powerful. So thank you again for being so vulnerable with that. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's, like you said, I feel like there's a platform for it now. And I think it's important to talk about it because every time I share something vulnerable, if it's the difficult birth I had, if it's my slow and difficult recovery that I've had or whatever it may be, the amount of messages I get from women that are struggling with the same or have struggled with the same or are still struggling with it, like it's crazy. And especially after my birth, I had a really hard birth. And especially after my birth, after I'd shared that some of the stories that I got from women that made me feel better hearing about others that had gone through something pretty traumatic and had made it back from it and kind of knew a little bit what I was going through. It made me feel not as alone and it made me want to share more, even though it's difficult for me, it made me want to share more because then I knew that other women were going to feel the same, that we're maybe not comfortable with sharing in, but at least they could then know about me and know that they were not alone in it, that there are others that are going through it. And I think it's so important. There's so pretty much everything that we go through in life, someone else has also gone through it and just knowing that they made it on the other side and they were okay makes such a big difference. It was the same when I went through my back injury. Like I started looking for people in sports that had had a back injury, severe back injury and had made it back. And that made me believe that I could also make it back. And that made me want to share that story so that others could see it and maybe get inspired or believe in themselves that they could make it back. And I think that's one of the biggest driving forces and motivation for me is exactly that trying to show other people that might be struggling with same difficulties as I am. That's so huge. I feel like that's one of the biggest struggles right now is like 
we feel so disconnected because we've been quarantined. Everything's kind of shut down. Like we're kind of navigating this new space and the beauty that's come out of it is this idea that we're so much more connected now than ever. Like you have so much more of an ability to connect with people. And I think it's just shown how important developing relationships are and especially developing female relationships. I feel like we've gone through kind of this transition of like the girls not sticking together, like trying to be the boy's girl instead of being the girl's girl, because there's like, for some reason, something wrong with being feminine and being a girl in our space, especially in the fitness space. I feel like maybe not CrossFit because we've been so lucky to be surrounded by such strong women, but in a lot of sports, a lot of other areas, that's where, we get kind of stuck and kind of isolated because we feel like we can't be feminine and have these other things that the boys have. Yeah. I've also just noticed a little bit and I think a lot of places in life, I've just seen the different dynamic that men have, for example, when they're training together, like I see Frederick and how he interacts with or other people when we're training with them, like they're doing a workout and then he will go and help him out. Like Frederick will go and give BK tips about something, even if they're competing against each other. And then I would always be like that when I was training with another girl, I usually didn't like training with other girls because I was like, I'm not going to give them my secrets. Like it's going to make them better if I train with them. And I'm, I don't want to be sharing all of that but seeing how he was and how they made each other better and how me and Katrin have been able to be for each other, supporting each other, we make each other better. And just because one of us gets good doesn't take anything away from the other one. And I feel like women are lacking this a little bit. It's like we, it's like we believe that there's only space for one of us on the top instead of believing that if this girl is going to pave the way for me, she's going to pave the way for so many other women as well. She's, we're going to bring each other to the top if we support each other. And I feel like it's changing a little bit. At least it's changed a lot for me in the past years. Maybe it's me maturing and growing up and that incredible dynamic that me and Katrin have with each other that me honestly wishing, wishing everything good for her. But if change things also just how I view it with other girls. Like I now thoroughly enjoy training with other girls and have for the past few years. Like I really enjoy it because I feel like we can help each other so much. I also really like training with boys because they don't seem to care about anything. And there's like never any drama and there's never anything going on. But then I love training with girls because we care so much. We're so passionate and we push each other and we don't want anyone to beat us. And that also makes us better. So it's, I've, I've at least felt a huge change in the past few years. And I believe that it's changing even more so now. Yeah, I bet. How has um, being a mother changed any of this for you? I don't know. I think... Not necessarily just in this, but I think just in general, I think I'm a little bit more calm. It's obviously there's a lot of things to 
struggle with and scheduling. I'm like, what did I do with all my free time before I had her? <laughs> like what, what did I even used to do? But, um, I think there's a lot of people that say after you have a child, that's when your life starts. I definitely don't agree with that because I thoroughly enjoyed my life. Also before I had Freya, like I've experienced incredible things and done incredible things, but your life, I feel like your purpose changes a little bit. Um, not just my purpose, but it grows even more. And CrossFit used to be almost just everything to me. It still matters so much to me. My training, the sport and being a good role model and being able to help other people. Um, but now she matters the most. And I think what matters the most to me is being a good role model for her and showing her that it's okay to pursue what makes you happy. Even if there's probably a lot of people out there that are like, why is Annie still gonna try to compete? Like why even try? And I don't know if I'm gonna be able to this season. Like I'm taking it one step at a time. I am really careful in listening to my body and all of that, but I'm doing it because I love it. I'm doing it because I'm passionate about it. And I'm also doing it to show that you can. Um, and I think that's how she's changed my perspective a little bit is that it's not everything. It's not the end of the world if I don't compete, but it's still something that I'm passionate about and that I'm gonna then let myself pursue. But she definitely comes first. That's so huge. I feel like a lot of people, um, when they start to take their health and wellness into consideration, they feel like it's selfish to put themselves first. And just based off what you're saying, you know, like you're putting yourself first in a matter of like doing the things that light you up and being your most authentic self, because that's how you can show up to be your best for her and to be yes. your best for your family. And I think that that is such an important important thing for a lot of people to take, right? Like you can't be your best self if you're not filling your cup up, if you're not doing things that light you up. And that can be exactly. such a hard thing. Yeah. Then you're in a good mood. You can give so much more off yourself. Like if I get to just have my release, get the endorphins flowing. Like I have so much energy to play with her, be with her, like give her attention. It was the hardest, by far the hardest, the first few weeks where I couldn't exercise. I couldn't do anything because I was I lost a lot of blood and I could, I had a hard time just moving myself around yet train. And then I felt like I lost such a big part of myself and I was still 100% there for her, obviously, but it was really hard for me to be happy, except for just when she was in my arms. And then in between then, I, I didn't really know, I didn't know myself. And it was funny, it brings me to a little bit different, like when, while I was pregnant and training, most of the negative comments were just men. And I'm like, they have no idea. Like, I was doing everything that I could to make sure that my baby was healthy, but it was also good for her that I was training. I was being very smart with my training, but it's also good. And I was following doctor's advice and everything. But then it was 
funny that after giving birth, even though I waited quite a long time before I started being able to do anything, but when I started posting, me starting to train again, there were very few men that commented anything negative. Most of the comments are just positive, but obviously you always notice some negative ones. And that was women. And it was just like a surprise to me um, that they would start commenting something negative on it. But I think it's more, I started thinking a lot about it uh, because I didn't want them to feel like I was pushing other women to start training postpartum um, because it's everyone's body are different and you need to listen to that journey and you need to feel for yourself when you're going to be ready. A lot of women are able to start training a lot sooner than I did. Um, but everyone's journey is different. And I think that we're feeling like I was maybe pressuring people to start training. I was not starting to train because I wanted to lose weight. I did not need to lose weight. I was starting to train so that I could become myself again because I wanted to, because I felt good. I wanted to sweat. I wanted to get that endorphin release that I am used to. Like, I train almost every single day of my life since I was seven, eight years old. And for me to go into doing nothing for six weeks was mentally one of the hardest things I've ever done. So me starting to train was me starting to become myself again, was me becoming happy again. And it's so correlated. It's so deep in my core that it's so connected me being able to do that, not so that I can become the fittest woman on earth or not so that I can become skinnier or whatever that is or lose my belly. Oh my God. That was like the least of my worries at that time. It was me becoming me again. So I think that was what I was trying to convey as well. When I then started to share more things, like everyone needs to be able to listen to themselves, but that was me becoming me again. And yeah. that made my time with Freya even better. You actually kind of just answered a question I was just going to ask you, which is, you know, when you were recovering, did you feel like you lose, you lost a part of yourself, a part of your identity? And since you, you did just touch on that, what, how did you get through that? Like, what were the tools you used? Obviously, like, we just heard your motivation, but like, when you were in the thick of it, how did you get from A to B there? A lot of communication a lot of talking with my boyfriend and my mom being able to talk about it was what made it the best. Um, and then starting to realize that I had to treat this as an injury because I know how to heal an injury. I know it takes time. It takes patience, but it will heal up. And when I realized that I could treat it as so, I felt like I started to become a little bit more in control, if that makes sense. Yeah, I had a, I know I went through um, not anywhere near the injury, like either your back or giving birth. Um, but I went through a really, really dark time when all of a sudden it felt like training had been so much of my outlet or so much a, like it wasn't a part of me it was all of me yeah and so slowing down right taking in your case six weeks mine was about the same of just sitting in that like kind of soup that mucky soup where you're like 
if I am not identifying with this, who am I? Um, yeah. And I know that training, being able to train again, you know, allowed you to get back to so much of your authentic self, but were there any other parts of yourself that you met in that moment of, if I don't have training, then who is Annie? <laughs> yeah, well, I guess it helped me to try to think about some of the projects that I wanted to work on for so long, but haven't had time to work on. I had to give myself projects. I had to feel like there was something not, I think it's kind of important to say that as well. It's not that I didn't enjoy, I was breastfeeding Freya, not that I didn't enjoy the time with her and relaxing and I needed time to heal and recover and all of that. But I needed to feel that there was more, that this wasn't just going to be my life, if that makes sense, that there was more that I was going to do, that I was capable of doing, going from such a busy lifestyle, going to, like you said, the like muck that you get stuck in. Um, so there's, there's a lot of things that I've been quite passionate about and wanted to dive more into. And I was able to then actually give myself some time to dive into that. And I don't know if we want to get into some of those things, but it's definitely that helped me to keep myself busy with thinking about other things as well. The time that you were talking about, was that, have you had a baby and it was that time? No, it was an injury. It was like, injury. yeah. yeah. Like it's so hard when you get stuck, like you said, when, when that's what you do and you identify so much with, um, being able to find more things that you might be passionate about, I think is, was kind of a key for me. Yeah. It's, it's like reinstating purpose. And yes, not exactly. that breastfeeding Freya wasn't like, cause that's huge amounts of purpose. And I think a narrative that a lot of women get stuck in, whether it's because of society or anything else, it's like, we make babies. And then all of a sudden you're expected to like be a housewife or just make babies. And women, exactly. Yeah. And then you start judging yourself. And I know that there's, I even had those feelings too. It's like, judging yourself or not feeling that that's enough that you're taking care of your child but it's okay to want to be doing more things it's okay to not want to feel like you're just like a milking machine taking care of your child like we are used to doing a lot of other things and it's okay to want to do other things and not just being kind of like Especially, I think, I think for a lot of people and a lot of women that go through that, they go into like, I've heard about that post-pregnancy um, depression or like postpartum depression. And I never really believed that, I don't want to say that I didn't believe that it was true, but I felt like it was over-exaggerated how many women might be going through it. And I'm like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, this new baby it's incredible like and honestly it's incredible it's the most incredible thing I've ever experienced but I actually went as far down as I've ever gone before and that was after giving birth to Freya like I was so incredibly happy like so happy overfilled with joy you can't even describe it 
having her in my arms and knowing that I created her and she was mine. And then about two days later, um, so giving birth took me three days. And then two days I was in the hospital um, trying to heal and I barely slept and I didn't sleep for those three days and I barely slept for those two days. And then when I came home, I was just like, if you haven't slept for five days, you're a little bit messed up. And there was like another night where I just didn't sleep at all. I was so worried about her constantly waking up and I was just getting so disoriented. So I was starting to feel just so overwhelmed. I didn't really want to eat. I like lost all my appetite. I didn't want to watch TV. I was like, why are people even acting like we're all going to die at some point? It was like, I was far ass down. The only thing that made me happy was having Freya in my arms. And I was like, well, she's just going to have to be here forever. Like <laughs> I'm never letting all go. that makes me happy right now. But being able to like, I talked about this with Frederick and my mom. <laughs> Thankfully I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I think I'm really depressed and I, I just wanted to cry all day, except for when I had her. And getting three and a half hours of sleep, I pumped myself, I went into the bedroom, Frederick took care of Freya, and I got three and a half hours of sleep. I woke up again, and I was a new person. I was like, I can see colors again. I can see how I'm going to become myself again. And it made me realize how easy it is to actually fall into this pit with just worries and not sleeping and <laughs> all these new things that come into your life. So yeah, I, I got the taste of it. I think you could probably qualify that as being a little bit depressed and it really freaking scared me because I am overall such a happy person always. And that was like a, it was, it was a real scare to me. And that's when I realized, like, I need to, I need to become myself again. Like, I need, not that she isn't important, that I don't want to be taking care of her and giving everything I can to her, but there is more to me. I need to have more purpose in my life. I need to feel like I'm going to be able to train at some point again. I'm going to be able to lift my own body weight. Like I was getting assistance taking a shower. Like it was, I wasn't me. And then realizing that I was going to become me again, just, just changed then and made me feel like life was good again. <laughs> I am sharing this for the first time on a podcast that I went like that deep down, it's something that I've been thinking about a lot because I think a lot of women go through it and I've been thinking about how I'm going to share it. And I'm definitely going to go into more details at some point and like share, share that because it's one of those things that I want women to know that they're not alone in, but like, it's, yeah, I just never thought that I would be one of those. And I was one of those. And there isn't anything to be ashamed of. That's what I would tell other people. So I shouldn't be ashamed of it. But that's what I felt. I felt ashamed. And I was like, I am supposed to be one of the strongest, fittest women in the world. And this is hitting me so hard. And there's like women in Africa that go out into the woods and give birth to their children all by themselves. And then they come back again and they don't complain about anything. Like what am why am I so weak and just beating myself up for being so weak? 
And then realizing if I was in Africa, I probably would have died in my baby too. Like <laughs> that was just how it was. But yeah, I think it's so much of what we share is just the good things. And I think it's important to share the good things because that makes people happy. So I will share the good things because my life is incredible and there's nothing I would want to change about it. And I want to share it and I want people to see the more we can notice the good things in our life, the better our lives are going to be because there is so much good in the world in general. So we should not focus on the negatives, but it is some of those things that you go through when other people get to know about them. They feel like they're not alone and that they're going to make it through it and they are going to make it through it. Thank you so much for your vulnerability because I know how terrifying it can feel to put it out there. And <laughs> so I really appreciate that you like chose this space or called in this space to be able to share that story because it's so, so powerful. And I think that you're a thousand percent right. We, we talk about it all the time. Like social media is people's highlight reels and happiness. And there is a place for that. And we're all human and we all have these vulnerable things and connecting. I'm sure that there are hundreds of women that will listen to this show that have gone through that exact same experience. And what a like world rocking thing to hear that literally the fittest woman on earth, right, <laughs> is, is a human and has done exactly what other women before her have done and other women after her will continue to do. So thank you so much for sharing that. Should we take a break or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm crying too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think we've all successfully cried today. So thank you for that. Amy. <laughs> Appreciate that very, very much. Um, well, we want to be super mindful of your time because we know that as a mom and training, you are very busy, but where can people find you if they want to know more and follow along on this journey with you? Well, um, most of the things I share on Instagram, um, I try to be, like I said, I try to be as open as I can. And I also feel like it is the platform where I can reach the most. And honestly, one of one of my driving factors as well is now just trying to reach as many people as might need it. Um, so yeah, Instagram, Annie Thorstetter. Uh, but I actually started another one that is mother of a daughter, um, where it's more, I guess I don't put as much thought into the things that I post. And I also have a lot of male followers on Annie Thorstetter. So I don't want to like overcrowd it with, um, things pregnancy related, uh, postpartum related. And I am what I'm actually super passionate about at this, at the moment and want to go a lot into is just women in general. Like we're always put into the same category as men when it comes to reachers to nutrition and training and supplements and everything. And it's just not right we are so different. We work so different. And also with our menstrual cycle, like there, it should be so much more of this information out there. And considering how much I am learning now, I'm like, 
there's definitely a lot of people that don't know about this stuff. So that's one of the things that I'm actually really passionate about. And I'm going to get a lot more into is women training around their menstrual cycle, how to get the most out of their training through that. And then also women just in menopause and um, post-menopause or yeah, after menopause, um, how our bodies change so much and how we need to treat our bodies so differently, how it's so important for us to do strength training, how we need more protein than men do. And we tend to go the other direction. And that's something that I want to help women out with. We're not just supposed to settle. We're supposed to continue thriving. And that's something that I'm going to get a lot more into. But yeah, so mother of a daughter is a little bit more female oriented, I guess. And then me and Katrin are working on a bunch of projects for a daughter account, where we're going to be also a lot female uh, oriented, but then my own social, just any doors that are is everything training related and me getting back to the games and hopefully through the podium. <laughs> Love this. So here for all of it. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you. And thank you for being here. And, uh, We'll My pleasure. This was really fun. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks.